Hi everyone, welcome back to the second episode of your new favorite podcast, Women, Girls, and Sisters, a podcast for self-identifying women by self-identifying women. So we know it's been a minute since we last put out our first episode, so we're just going to reintroduce ourselves for anybody that's new, for anyone who may have forgotten who we are. So we're your hosts. My name is Angela. My name is Danielle. My name is Jessica. And as promised, we're bringing you part two of Growing Up Poor in Toronto. So in our first episode, we talked about what it was like for us growing up in low-income communities and our specific experiences as women growing up in low-income communities, talking about what we experienced, how those experiences influenced and shaped us, um, how they've shaped us to how we are today, the things that we've had to unlearn and the things that we still carry with us. So in today's episode, we're just going to be carrying on that conversation Um, We have so much more to say, so we hope that you'll sit with us and listen in and enjoy our conversation, and we hope you stick around for the rest of the episode. Um, I guess we can just start off with our personal experiences, or maybe get into more personal experiences and specific examples uh, that we had growing up in our uh, our childhood, like specifically in low-income communities. I mean, I think a really big thing that I remember was, I mean, specifically when I think about growing up in a low income community, like it was at a time when we're in elementary school, right? So like a lot of my, the things I noticed, um, you notice it because you kind of see differences in your lifestyle versus like other kids your age so like school was like a really pivotal point for me where I kind of felt the effects of like just money and classism and everything right um especially like we established in the previous episode that like we now live in the suburbs so we have that kind of duality of like we can compare what was it like to be a kid in like a poor community versus more of a well-off community and such a big thing was like I don't know the things that you had access to like little things like the computer labs like there it was like kind of run down computers like the desktops and then I don't know it was like I don't know if anybody else experienced this but like when we first moved to the school that we went to when we moved to the suburbs in their computer lab it was all macbooks and I like it was different things like I felt kind of embarrassed that like I didn't know how to use a macbook I didn't necessarily know how to do different things like use powerpoint because like there, like not everybody has access to things like laptops right so when you're doing tasks like making a presentation like literally you go to Dollarama and you're getting Bristol board and like Bristol board was like 50 cents there and like every that's like normal but you know when you go to high school here or when you even come to elementary school here like to do Bristol board it was kind of unheard of like I after I moved to the suburbs like I never ever brought bought another Bristol board again uh, because like it was just kind of like a weird tacky way to do it it didn't look like as modern it didn't look as innovative so it was just like one of those things that like if you did that that was kind of boring and you know no one else was doing it and so it it kind of felt weird so like it was the little things that like I felt embarrassed that I didn't have this background knowledge and didn't necessarily have these skills but again like who's expecting a child because you're literally a child you're in elementary school who's expecting a kid to have all of these skills and to know all of these things but again when you come to that school there is the expectation that you know these things so that was like a personal thing where it felt like that was really a time where I felt like oh I don't come from a wealthy background and it's really showing now that I'm surrounded by people who are I don't know just different from me and don't necessarily have the same background or didn't necessarily come from the same place as me that's true I definitely understand where you're coming from because even the school that I went to in Toronto was a predominantly white school but we were still poor so like it was like walking into two different worlds because I grew up in a low-income community but um the school that I went to was predominantly white but we were still like an older and poorer school in Toronto so it was like it was 
different to see both sides of it because like they there was kids at the elementary school that I went to in Toronto that grew up with money so they had like the the nice backpacks and the nice clothes and nice shoes but then like the school itself was it was poor because we didn't have a computer lab I swear I can't even remember if there was a computer at the school to be honest the school like it was literally like classes were in the basements because the school yikes uh, your school got shut down no like it didn't shut down oh my gosh I remember I was so shocked when you told me and they literally teared it down so it literally doesn't even exist anymore but it's so weird to think about it because like the school was poor but like everyone was predominantly white and came from money so it was weird um that aspect but also like moving to the suburbs and like I remember you point you pointed out that um the computer lab that the school we went to had all MacBooks. I remember the first day um, I went to the school, we went to the library, to the computer lab to use the MacBooks. I was so shocked. I was like, what kind of computers are these? And they're like, oh, they're MacBooks. I'm like, oh, how do you use them? They're like showing me how to use it. I said, this is so weird. It was so random. Even like walking into the school, like my first day and seeing an elevator, that was that took the cake. I said, no way is there an elevator in um, an elementary school. It was crazy to think about. But like, I don't know you just see those differences of like yeah you um grew up poor in Toronto and then moving into the suburbs where like you're going to a school that is more well off or the I guess the school board itself is putting more money towards it and it's like different sides of the spectrum to see and then when you also mentioned like Bristol boards like doing your um projects on Bristol boards versus when like you would see people like the school that we went to in the suburbs, like people would come in with the whole cardboard presentation. Dioramas. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't get that from not even like Dollarama. Like we would go to like, you know, the knockoff dollar stores, like anything for a dollar, but it's never a dollar these days. Exactly. But you know what though? One thing my mom wasn't going to do is she'd buy that cardboard box. She was not. (laughs) No, I never bought that either. I wouldn't know what that was like. I didn't buy the, I didn't buy it either. One thing my mom was not doing, she said, I'm not spending money on that. Buy a Bristol board. <laughs> Using that. But it's different. It's crazy to see because like they would use that and their projects would be so like so like so many things and it would just be so confusing and it would be like, I don't have those. Why don't I have those? You come in with like your little Bristol board that's rolled up or it's in like a in a what would you put in? Like a garbage bag and bring it yeah, to school. just a plastic bag held yeah. together with an elastic. Like exactly. Never- like it's crazy to see, but uh, yeah, I don't know. You've seen those differences and just like those personal experiences that you have is just um very interesting. Very interesting to say the least. That's crazy because a lot of the feelings of like shame that I felt around being low income or like a low-income student living in a low-income neighborhood, whatever low-income school, used to come from, uh, like, my teachers. Like, I used to get the most off-the-cuff, random, rude comments. Like, they came out of nowhere. Um, I remember there was this one specific uh, one specific memory that I'll never forget. There was, I'm not going to say the school board. I'm pretty sure you can guess. So, like, we were talking about Toronto as one of the Toronto school boards. <laughs> Um, there's only so many school boards in Toronto and um, there was a conference they were having where all the schools from the school board everybody was going to go to a banquet hall and I can't remember for the life of me what it was about I think it was I can't even I couldn't even say I don't think bullying something whatever there was a conference that was a banquet hall environmental something because I remember that conference something and it was they were going to have one grade seven what like one grade seven rep and one grade eight rep go with like the principal and the VP to the conference so it'd be like a group of four a group of three from every school and it was quite a big conference and uh I was the grade seven rep and this little boy that I had a crush on he was the grade eight rep and I was so excited we're gonna go together to this trip and it was gonna be a good day and like um but that morning like it was I, I just kept I just kept getting hit left and right with like these like out of left field comments like they didn't tell us to wear fancy clothes and so the both of us showed up looking crazy not crazy but 
we showed up in like our regular clothes, like just like what we could afford. Like I remember I, I wore like a two generate two generation down um urban behavior leather jacket over my school uniform and like he also wore his school uniform because we we didn't we weren't told it was like a civvies we weren't told it was like a semi-formal or formal wear event and so we already came in looking how people would expect us to look it only reinforced um what people were already thinking about us I guess which sucked and as soon as we got to the school the VP was like, oh, we're going to we're going to drive to this conference. You know, the the principal, he he drives a Mercedes. Have you guys ever been in a Mercedes before? Like, ma'am, please don't talk to us like that. Um, You know, we've never ridden in a Mercedes before. Like, we're all on food stamps <laughs> and like we all live in community housing. You know that we don't know. So please don't like now at this age, when I look back, that was a really condescending comment to make. But at that age, you don't realize because I was what, 12 going on 13. Um, and I didn't book that that was like kind of a condescending thing, not kind of, but a condescending thing to say to a child. Um, and so whatever, we came to the conference and everything was set up. They had the banquet hall tables, different, different schools, like they had presentations and it looked like a good time. Um, it was me, my, it was like myself, the boy who was with me, the boy our VP. A yeah, I had a crush on, I will not say his name. <laughs> so, that's <laughs> the one thing. I'm not going to say his name. Um, the VP, the principal, and our secretary, they were with us. So there's the five of us. And teachers from other schools kept coming up to our table and saying, going up to our secretary or the VP, oh, you guys still in the hood? You guys are still stuck in the hood, I see. Oh, you still in the hood? You guys are still stuck in the in the hood. And uh, I was, like, standing behind them. Like, yo, like, that's kind of rude. Like, you don't see me in... <laughs> me and my friend over here standing here who live there in this place that you guys are like laughing at as if like you know it's kind of dehumanizing yeah as if you're aliens yeah I, I was know. like you just brought us here as like a sideshow attraction to show everybody what it looks like to have children like from the hood like first of all that's like rude and there's just too many things and I was like okay that was one thing yeah and then everybody there's dressed so fancy and like they have like tweed jackets with patches on the elbows and they're in the what year was that 2012 so everybody's rocking like whatever the fashion was at that time and like me and him are in our bummy school uniforms I'm wearing like my cousin who's like 20 years older than me her old urban behavior <laughs> leather jacket <laughs> he's like in whatever and we're like just trying to have a good time but I, we both feel like very out of place but it's also it's crazy to think that you were so young having to deal with all that like that's not right I think like that just kind of reminds me um in school one thing that a professor had said that like really deeply stuck with me was um, we were just talking about the education system and what does it mean to be a teacher and you know she said like you could be teaching anywhere it's really important um, that teachers and educators and anybody really like really prioritize community building because like even if we recognize that, like the land that we reside on is never our own we have to acknowledge that and that's becoming more and more aware but pe people don't necessarily know really what that means but um you know, if you want to take it in the sense as being an educator who is well off, who lives in the suburbs, who lives in like a very wealthy community, and you're going to teach in a low income community, you have to think of it in the sense as like you're a guest in somebody else's home. When you go to visit somebody and you're a guest in somebody's home, how are you behaving? Like, are you like, with your feet up on their furniture walking with shoes in the house like I know you're not doing that so in the same way when you're visiting somebody's community how you speak to their home to their um like just their community amenities that a lot of the time like obviously we established in the previous episode like the government doesn't do enough for these people who are like struggling to get by day to day what they have they've done for themselves and when you're like putting that down and really like hating on it and knocking it down you know you're discrediting and devaluing the work that somebody else has put in that others can benefit from their community members can benefit from so you really have to like check your privilege when you're entering a space that you know you don't reside in and yeah you I noticed that there's two types of teachers that work in low-income communities 
You have the Hillary Swank from Freedom Riders who just want to save all the kids and just get them out of there and make them like, I don't know, like star athletes and like novelists and physicists. And it's like, ma'am, we're fine. Like, you don't have to, you know what I mean? Like, it's not what you think it is. We're like, we're not, we're, we don't live in like, <laughs> I don't know, some like rat and, I don't know. I don't know what they think. Well, also, we don't want, like, who asked you to yeah, save us? Yeah, th- exactly. That's, th- those are the words I'm trying to, like, nobody asked you to do that. You just yeah. think that your way of life is so much better, and you just need to show us that, like, where we're living in a really, like, whatever. And then you get, like, the teachers that will put, like, steering wheel locks on their cars. Like, we're not criminals. And, like, you have very few teachers who are in between that, like, actually care. And I notice that the teachers that are like that, like, that care and just are there to educate you and, like, uplift you are the ones that have also grown up in communities like that, which just just goes back to Angela's point of, like, being a guest in those communities versus actually understanding the experience and having respect for the children who are there and, like, immigrants and, like, families and, like, just, like, hardworking people that, like, live there. And having some respect versus thinking that your way of life is so much better and we're just ignorant and we don't know that there's any other way to live. And like we were just like, we have this wall between us and the rest of society and we don't understand that there's better ways to live. Like we're fine. Maybe some of you will like understand this or relate or just know somebody who went through this. But like a lot of kids didn't come with lunch or snacks um just because for whatever reason like your parents work or like maybe like groceries are tight or like the budget and whatever but whatever the reason is it's valid um and like bro a couple of teachers like in multiple years upper years as well you'd get the same speech how hard is it to put a slice of meat between bread is always the speech that everybody would get excuse you that's so rude that's so rude that's you know exactly what i'm talking about right yeah how hard is it to put a piece of meat between bread if it's so easy and you see these kids are hungry why don't you bring some bread and some meat to the classroom if it's so easy and it's so not hard and there's no obstacles in which um you know i mean like yeah if it's so easy why don't you bring food for these kids obviously it's not so easy because you're not doing that you know what I mean? Like, it's so easy to judge from the outside looking in or, like, um, judging kids for not having pencils, judging kids for not having a lunch, for not having A, B, C, D things, for having their clothes looking a little bit scruffy. Excuse you. The way you used to get, like, scolded for it, though, like, that's the thing that throws me off. You get scolded for not having a pencil. You get scolded for not having, like, an eraser. yeah. Do you want to buy me one? Exactly. And even another thing that I personally find very upsetting, and I can see that the intention is there and it's rooted in good intentions, but you're not necessarily thinking about like just how different of an experience this may be for different people. But a really big thing in schools, especially for little kids, like especially in kindergarten or the elementary schools, is emphasis on like during snack time bringing in healthy snacks and almost shaming kids who bring in like junk food or chips or like fruit roll-ups and like honestly if I have a fruit roll-up versus baby carrots I'm gonna have the fruit roll-up like but that's just me but you know it's it's hard and like the pressure to buy local to buy organic like at some point I feel like the priority as a parent is I just want my kid fed and you know some kids are picky eaters and you know, like I saw that, I think we saw that with our brother a lot with, he was a picky eater and we knew, you know, if he has the option between broccoli or chips, you know, if we give him broccoli, he's not going to eat at all. And I don't want my brother to be hungry throughout the day. So you might give him a little bit of variety or you might just give him what he wants, you know? I think that's where um, the juxtaposition happens in like going back to like the low income communities um we get mad when kids don't have anything to eat but then when we do when they do have something to eat we don't like what they're eating because it's too sugary like where's the win but at the end of the day it's what they what they can afford because the organic the the carrots the broccoli whatever 
that's more expensive than getting kids these Lunchables and stuff. And, like, don't we just want kids to eat? But it's, like, at this big age, I would never yell at a kid for not having anything to eat. Like, are you crazy? Exactly. So being able to eat healthy is a privilege. Not everyone can do that. So if a child or whoever the case may be is eating a fruit roll-up at 11 o'clock a.m. and that's all they have, that's there's nothing you can do. Yeah, yes, you can be that. like, it's okay. Like, you know, like you teach them obviously what's healthy from non-healthy foods because obviously you don't want these kids to grow up with I don't know, A, B, C, D, and like not know the, not know how to differentiate between what is healthy and what is not. But growing, like being able to eat healthy and buying healthy foods is a privilege as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it just needs to be a matter of we need to stop shaming people for not doing things the way we would do. And we should just stop shaming people that. for being poor. Yeah, <laughs> you want to be blunt. Yes, I, I did not choose this life. This life chose yeah. me. <laughs> Allow me to be poor. Allow me to be poor. Oh my gosh, we're doing our best, friend. Oh do you remember? Goodness. Um, because there used to be a lunch program at our school. I remember some of the older kids always used to sneak off to the Price Choppers and they used <laughs> to get the big two liter of chubby soda. There they was there was a big version. No, 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 anymore. not chubby soda. Because there was not there was only little chubby soda. Cream soda, yeah. like the off brand cream soda. And mm-hmm. we well, dump on our soda was our, amazing. The yeah, off they, one specifically, don't ever get me brand name cream soda. I swear I won't have a sip. And we'd like dump out, like not dump out, like we'd like drink the water and we fill up our thing with cream soda. Like we do what we can and we have fun where we can. Like stop judging us for being poor. <laughs> The struggle, oh my god! Tell me, like that's crazy. Since we're on the topic of food and being poor, what was your craziest struggle meal? The bologna with the macaroni in it. (laughs) (laughs) One time, not like that at all. Every time I have it for lunch, I just throw it away. <laughs> Your poor mom. She was buying that special bologna, thinking Danielle is munching and she's eating it and she loves it. And she always brings back an empty lunch bag and she she's eating it. Like your poor so mom. I just I did not. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was like, mommy, <laughs> no, thank you. I remember in um I remember this so clearly, like in elementary school or like when it was like JKSK because obviously we had half day kindergarten. Then I'd come home. Because I did morning and I'd eat a Lunchable and that made my day. (laughs) I was so happy to come home and eat a Lunchable. I said, wow, this is nice food. (laughs) (laughs) This is nice food. I remember um, summer sausage was a big thing. Oh, yeah. Get a summer sausage, put it between two breads. Or um, what was it? One time I was so hungry, I had a Burger King zesty sauce packet. And I just use my finger to like eat it. Mm, mm. Yummy. To, do you remember this story? <laughs> One time. Uh oh. I think you know what I'm going to say. One time we had the frozen chicken burgers and I cooked it and Jessica watched it yeah. on me cutting it into long strips. Yo, that's how broke <laughs> we were. Angela took a frozen chicken cutlet, like one of those the jane ones and she started cutting it and making like homemade chicken tenders she couldn't <laughs> afford the tender version no but I, those are expensive they still are expensive they're so expensive I mean, and i looked at her and said you're not you're not there's no way <laughs> the way she said it too she said there's no way you're turning that into chicken or to chicken strips and i paused and i was like what if i am and she was Oh, she was, like she was at a loss for words. She had like nothing to say to me. I'm like, okay, whatever. Just making and a dollar out of fifteen cents. That's yeah. the dollar was. <laughs> and you know what? I would still do it to this day. Girl, you can afford those now. <laughs> I, I can, but sometimes they're just like always sold out. So I'm like, you know what? Girl's gotta do what she's gotta do. I'm still at this grown age. Like I will happily go to a restaurant and order chicken tenders, and that will make me really happy. That's facts. That's true. What's your struggle meal, Jessica? Zesty sauce. The zesty sauce. Oh. Um, summer sausage. What else? What else? That's I know Jessica's crazy. favorite I... sauce. Can I say it? My favorite sauce? 
<laughs> Can I say it? Yeah, I don't know what you're gonna say. Yeah, what? <laughs> she used to clean her apple. Ella! <laughs> what? No, no, no. Okay, okay, I want to talk about it. Okay, maybe we'll talk it. about that in another podcast where you talk about like PSAs and keeping your children safe. Because I was left unattended <laughs> a lot. Um Okay, I used to drink mm, Don't say it's okay. We'll talk about it after. <laughs> We're, we're, we're yeah. keeping this in so no one's gonna know what we're talking about just it'll be an ongoing just joke keep for us. cleaning supplies away from your kids okay <laughs> especially ones that look like gatorade it's a damn shame jesus have mercy it the is a damn shame i heard this story was like the day i just looked at jessica so differently so where were you um eating fruit the normal way <laughs> I thought that was common knowledge, but apparently not. And I only came to know of this as an adult, so it was very... I don't know at what point this stopped. Girl, you're lucky you didn't get sick. She's so fortunate. I'm so lucky. God is really looking out for this girl. Right. Okay, you know what? Since we keep talking about it, might as well say it. I used to... I used to not drink, but I would like... Don't say it. Don't say it. Say it another time. Okay, we'll say the story another time. It's fine. Season finale. Yeah. Season finale. Season one. This is season one. They're going to be I like, see. oh, what was the, our question's going to be like, what did Jessica say in season two, um, episode two? When we <laughs> got, when we got 10 followers, then we'll see it. 10. Okay. Well, yeah. Give the people something to work towards. You know, baby. <laughs> should I talk about her <laughs> <laughs> name? Give her a nickname. Give her a nickname. Oh, um. um Girl, okay, you know I what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this one story about how whack our school was when it came to try to help maybe like the poorer students. Like we're all poor, but like people who like were really struggling. Mm. Um, I'm not gonna say who this person was. I'm not gonna give away their age, their gender, their demographic. I will give no identifying factors for this person. There was a student that may or may not have been in my grade. Who even knows at this point? Um, we're gonna call this person Martha. Martha used to win a raffle every week in which she won free stuff. And they set up this fake raffle and they do it through the entire PA system. And her and her, I mean, they <laughs> and their brothers. Well, you've already established through their name. Okay, Martha. whatever. Sure. Martha and Martha's brothers would always win this gosh darn raffle and get, like, new clothes, new shoes, new, like, toys and stuff. And I asked Martha, I said, why do you guys always, like, win? Because, you know, you're a kid and you're, like, ignorant about stuff. Um, and she, you still know you're she was like, questions. yeah, like, I don't know, like, we're just always winning. And then another kid in our class was like, man, it's because she's like poorer than the rest of us, which like ended up being, I don't know, but it's just like, that's how whack our school is. Can't you just give her the stuff after school I in know, the program? Why are you guys creating an entire fake raffle for this girl to get free stuff? Now we all know that she, whatever, that's how you set up people to get bullied. That's all. I know. That's what I mean. Like, you think you're doing a good thing, but, like, no good can ever really come... Like, can it really come out of, like, you having that savior complex? Because, like, you know, what the effect of that is, like, unwanted, unnecessary attention on one person that, you know, the rest of the school doesn't know who this person is, but because of this raffle, they sure do. And, you know, you're wondering, hey, what? Yeah, raffle, raffle. out of this poor how girl. How can I enter this raffle? Like, it's just creating more problems. And this is how dumb I was as a child. I wouldn't let it go. I kept asking her, where do I put my name in this raffle? Why do you keep winning? How many times have you entered your name? I want to go on this raffle, too. That's when one of the other smarter kids in class had to pull me aside. Like, stop asking about the raffle. It's not a raffle. You're just giving her free stuff disguised as a raffle. I was like, oh. But you're a kid. And you just want to win. That's yeah, I was like, really, like, what good does that do? Like, what I meant to say was, like, literally just pull her aside and be like, hey, <laughs> we have some stuff for you. And just leave it at that. Because, you know, maybe the effect of that for her. And, you know, who am I to say? Because we never really, I never really inquired with this person or asked too many questions. But, you know, if you make it so discreet that it's like, well, they don't know if other people are getting it or whatnot, like, 
when you have it like every time they're the only winners it kind of starts to feel like very directed and you start to question like why is it always me and like even if you don't recognize that right away I'm sure later on in adulthood you notice right so like if you to do things a little bit more discreetly it you know you don't have to necessarily wonder those questions and yeah it can be taken as well my school is looking out for me but on the flip side it can also be taken as you know my school was like kind of singling me out in a no. way that made my business known to everyone when it really wasn't something for everybody to know yeah those grown adults knew better and that just goes to show how tone deaf people are when it comes to like kids in like these poor communities like we didn't know nothing about Martha's business and now we all know that she's like winning this free fake raffle and it's like you guys like not only is it tone deaf it's disrespectful and it's like imagine getting your like personal business aired out like that every week and we were in a small school mind you like poor Martha yo Martha if you're out there like shout out to you for like I don't know, like taking it on the chin and like I don't know, that's awful. That's so sad though. They shut up, Martha. And I'm sorry, I told everybody you, you were a girl, Martha. I should have kept like some like gender neutral identifier. That was my bad. But anyway, oh. every week, the thing every is, they could have pulled her aside. Like pulled at the end of the, the literally, we could come up with a better solution. They could have taken her at the end of the day, or her and her brothers. They could have been like, hey. You know, we have these things for you. Take them home. That's it. Mm. Period. No one needs to know. To even do it, like, in the middle of class of, like, come down, come get your gift. Like, it draws unwanted attention when you come back to class, right? And, yeah, like, you can teach kids to, like, you know, mind your own business. You don't necessarily have to ask questions. And those are things that kids for sure should be taught because, you know, I don't necessarily think, like, it, it, it for sure wasn't anybody's business. But to make it so frequent and to single them out constantly, like it, it just had effects that were not necessarily what the school had anticipated, but I think what anybody else could could foresee happening. So it was just one of those things that, you know, after a little while that should have come to an end, not them supporting her, but more so the approach that they were taking. Yeah, no, that should have ended. The first time they should have done, they should have realized, okay, this is not the way to go. Let's oh, try something Martha. else. Poor Martha. <laughs> girl. I hope Sorry, Martha's girl. doing I mean, well poor, yeah, girl, we already said she's a girl. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I girl. I hope Martha's doing well wherever she is. Wherever you are, Martha, girl, shout out to you. Anyway, this whole, this thing reminded me about the worst teacher I ever had in my whole life. Um, My grade six teacher, should I say his name? No, no, don't ever do that. Whatever. She's gonna say it, and I'm gonna have to bleep it out again. It's just like when she outed our location. <laughs> Let's call him John. That's John like a super like John. John, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John. Okay, so uh, like the very first day, this is grade six, the first day this man comes in, the first thing that comes out of his mouth was, guys, like. When I found out I was working here in this neighborhood, I was so scared. I thought, like, I don't know what I'm going to, like, encounter. But then I walked, like, to the school this morning, and the neighborhood's actually really nice. I think you told me about this. Yeah, that's crazy. I was like, first of all, it's condescending. Number two, you're a guest in this neighborhood. You better act right. And number three, what do you mean? Like, what do you think was going to happen? Like, this is not Gotham City. Kind of is now. Not that neighborhood. It wasn't like that. I don't know why you're letting the rumors get to you. And then he was like, I didn't know what you guys were going to be like. I didn't know, like, what I was going to encounter. He thought we were going to be the kids, That's really like the kids in Freedom Riders. <laughs> this is a grade six class, remind you. And I remember... Me and Jessica were in separate classrooms at this point. And something that I thought was so disturbing was my class. We would constantly watch like kids films. We would watch How to Train Your Dragon. We would watch Disney. We would watch so many fun things and just have such a good time. Because I remember I like really loved my grade six teacher. And then I would ask Jessica, like, hey, what movie did your class watch today? Guys, and it was always the we would all. Oh, it was watch. always gang violence <laughs> movies 
of kids not making it out because they got they got gunned down or like kids in low-income communities getting saved by a white teacher we watched coach carter we watched freedom riders we watched mouse mouse was like a little it wasn't a movie movie i don't know if it's mouse like was traumatizing mouse was about a little boy who got caught up in gang related activities and he just was like and he ended up dying in the end we watched mouse five times that year oh if i was a parent <laughs> complain no way the fact that nobody like because we didn't even think to tell our parents i don't know yeah no it's like think you think it's the norm i guess i don't know you're not really wanting to start problems though but But next door they're watching how to train your dragon and mulan and we're watching coach carter and mouse and freedom riders and (laughs) abcd i'm like that's not fair and you know what that comes down to i think this is i i'll speak to this as a person of color who um is you know, uh, whose parents are immigrants here and like speaking to the background of schooling in South Asia, you don't really question authority. You don't question your teachers. Teachers are like somebody who like you really admire and respect them. And so we're taught to whatever your teacher says, you do it and you respect it and you don't question it. And so, you know, when we are being showed these different movies that kind of feel weird and don't necessarily feel age appropriate and feel so, I don't know, like a little bit traumatizing, not going to lie, because, you know, if you, it's instilling a lot of fear and like making it seem as though, you know what, this could be you one day. And it's just like, nobody really wants to think of that at like, whatever, how old are you in grade six, like 11, 12 years old, like that's, so much pressure and that's so weird that you're holding these ideologies of kids that like they could end up this way if they don't get their act together like what kind of message are you conveying to them but like the point that I'm trying to get across is we're talking about how none of us really thought to tell our parents like hey our teacher showed us this film and this doesn't feel okay because even though deep down we knew it didn't feel okay we're taught, you know, you don't question your teacher, your teacher knows best, your teacher's the educator, they're who you admire, you look up to and you respect and you learn from and listen to. And so, you know, what you said on the one hand is your teacher found you guys to be so threatening without even getting to know you. But really what he's met with is students who, you know, they're no different from anybody else, really. Like, of course, like, as somebody who works with kids, you have students everywhere who can be rowdy who can be silly but like are still great learners and still like when he walked into the door like into that room they like didn't really question his authority his background whatsoever and did as they were told and I don't think like he was anticipating that and you know I don't think like even to this day he'll recognize that that was necessarily wrong on his end and how gracious his students were for, you know, kind of letting it slide and not necessarily outing how inappropriate that is on his end. That's true. <clears throat> you just basically that- what stereotypes that he has heard or like has heard about the area. And he's just like, okay, I need to go in with um showing them these specific movies. I need to go in with a specific plan. I have to tell them that, oh, this area is not so scary. I thought it was really scary. It's just all the stereotypes that he has heard and that he built and he brought them into the school which isn't fair because obviously you're teaching at an elementary school there are kids that are young and there's obviously other people and other individuals there and you just everything that you're basing your ideas on or your ideologies on is just the stereotypes that you heard which isn't fair at all he for sure saw us as like thugs before kids and that's so unfair because you're kids exactly (sighs) Did I choose this life? No. No. I'm all worked up now. <laughs> now that I think about it, his name might have been John. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, no one's going to know. Well, yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was actually was John. It? Yeah, I could say his last name. Don't. Anywho, anywho. Okay, are we anywho. Anywho. Moving on. We have. We have stories for days stories coming out of our ears stories for our journals stories for each other but maybe not all for the podcast because <laughs> some, some are for us some are for our therapists 
Some are just rough, guys. He said we, we have stories that some should just not be said out loud. They yeah. will not be the light of day. I think moral of the story is a lot of like racism, classism, and stuff that we face came from like school directly. And it's like we're supposed to be safe at school, no? Mm-hmm. But whatever. Made us made us stronger, made us better. Not mm-hmm. that it was a good thing, but we made ourselves stronger and better. Exactly. We benefit not benefited, but we saw <laughs> the, the positives <laughs> on those experiences. To wrap up, we wanted to talk about just kind of one positive and negative that we've taken away from our experiences as women, women of color growing up in a low-income community. Um, and just where are we at with that with ourselves? Are we learning things, unlearning things? Um, if anyone else wants to start? I was going to talk about my positive. I just thought of it now. Is just... um. I think my positive growing up within a low income community is just being more appreciative of like everything around me. So even we were talking about it with Angela today. So just being more like appreciative of like the smaller things in life. And I think growing up, even though you grew up poor, it was like you were appreciative of the stuff that you had, but you didn't really, I guess, understand it. But obviously moving to the suburbs, growing up and being an adult, being adults now, we are more appreciative of the smaller things. And I think that's a positive or something that I will take away from growing up in a low income community in Toronto. That was a good answer. I was going to say that answer, too. Um, I feel like mine is more or less the same, like just 100 percent. Like I definitely noticed like just the little things like when my parents fill up my car with gas or like just having food on the table or, you know, when somebody else has done the groceries or just the little things, like I know that that's not easy. And for some people, it's a really big struggle. And so just that I am privileged enough to have that every day. Like I've, I had a conversation with a friend about like, what do we want our lives to look like? Cause we're kind of in that stage where we're transitioning um, into careers. And, you know, I kind of, just said like I don't want excessive amounts of anything I just want to be able to live comfortably within my means and just like live happily and you know I am happy that I'm on track with that and yeah it's just because that's not a place that I was in a long time ago and so I'm happy with just being able to be comfortable right now and everybody who makes that possible. So my family, just everybody involved. One negative is for sure, like just the stress about the future and find like the achievement of financial stability and security that kind of has me not being present all the time. And I think that's something that I definitely am working towards unlearning and just kind of you know doing things to kind of relax myself I think it just has to do with um the trauma of um just the things I've been exposed to in the past so I think just remembering I'm in a safe space now because you know places didn't always feel safe and like we talked a lot about that with schooling so I'm starting to um put a conscious effort towards unlearning that that's true I would take that as like a, I guess, a negative, just wanting, not, yeah, I guess wanting financial stability, but always having that stressor in the back of my mind, at back of your mind that will I achieve it? Will I achieve financial stability? I'm always having to stress about finances and things like that, because you never want to go back into that position that you were in growing up in the low income community, because in an area because you were we even though we were so young we saw our parents stress about not having money or not being able to afford this and it's just it's a lot of stress it is a lot of stress so I would say that's like a negative and something that we're all working on and working towards um not having to go back into that position but it's just something we gotta take day by day yeah and we're so young too so it's like it's way too much pressure that for sure I'm putting on myself we're putting on ourselves but that pressure is for sure there because part of it is like you know when we were in those tough times um my parents took care of me and so 
my biggest goal in life is to be able to take care of them the way that they've taken care of me but I think I'm just kind of rushing how quickly I'm able to do that so I think I just need to alleviate some of that stress but that's definitely one of the repercussions of um, my lived experiences for sure that I'm growing more conscious of and trying to kind of work towards addressing as an adult true that Jessica what do you want to say um yeah the positive is just like you know being able to differentiate between a want and a need and learning to live within your means and like appreciating everything your parents did and all that a negative is I think like I make myself feel bad when I want nice things and I get them because I was you know like I'm at a big age I make money I work hard for my money like I'm able to afford nice things um and then you go back into that child that child mentality where you kind of just like feel bad about spending money on you you you, you're made to feel as though things are frivolous when in reality you're allowed to like treat yourself once in a while you're allowed to have like luxury things you're allowed to like do that self-maintenance stuff that makes you feel good about yourself you know so working on that as well true that one thing I am curious of is if you know you could speak to your younger self what would you say to your younger self I think that's maybe how we should end off each podcast episode with like the effort of like healing our inner child and maybe like if we could you know say something to alleviate the stress because I think as like from my perspective we've known each other for like 10 plus years um and we all had to grow up really fast and we all have different degrees of trauma and I think like we that's something we can all for sure work towards healing our inner child so I don't know if somebody else wants to go first like if you could say something to the younger version of yourself what might that be I'll go first oh Oh, no 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 I went first the last time you go (laughs) okay now you sure yeah yeah go I was just going to say, um, one thing, like, when I was a kid, I used to compare myself to the next people a lot, a lot, a lot. Like, if I was standing beside a girl, like, in my class or in the mall or at the park or whatever, I would look at her shoes, her shirt, her hair, her backpack, like, bracelets, her rings, her nails, and I'd be like, oh, like, she looks really nice. I wish I had that stuff. Or, like, if kids in my class were, like, iPhones, iPod, um, certain expensive backpacks. Everybody used to be on that Herschel backpack vibe, I remember. People would be, like, wearing Air Force Ones, Jordans, and stuff like that. And, like, we really couldn't afford that stuff. And so I was, like, I made myself feel pretty bad about it. And I remember I used to, like, bug my parents. I'm, like, you know, like, like I really want these nice things. Like, can we please go and get these nice things? Like, why can't we have them? Um, and that was like, I'm not going to say wrong of me because I was a child, right? Children are allowed to like act as though they're in a child's place. Um, but yeah, like just comparing myself to people less, like I have what I have and people have what they have and it's like, you know, it's but okay. that's hard to do. We do that as adults as well. Yeah, that's For true. Sure. I think mine's similar to yours, just comparing, like, I would say just don't stop comparing myself to other people because like you obviously see people grow up with different things and material material items and you're like I want those but you know that your parents can't af- can't afford them and kind of add like even like I would ask my mom for certain things and she'd be like no like we can't buy it right now and as a kid you're like okay like that's okay you know nothing I can do about it but I'm just realizing that like things will get better as time goes on so like we won't be in this position forever and I'm like I feel like that's one blessing that like I will still take away take or take with me because like things were there during that time we had to struggle we had to go through those hardships in order to rise and be better and you know understand that like these things yes they do happen but they make you a better person no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking you guys said like so many things that like have so much truth to them. So I was just thinking like, how can I make my answer different? But I just feel like I'd go say to younger Angela and I just say like, 
how resilient she is because you know we talked about um just having to learn things so differently like you know not having a laptop or having a shared computer and not necessarily being the most tech savvy having to do things with bristol board and you know just telling the younger version of myself you know you're gaining so much from these experiences like you you aren't behind in terms of any skill set or anything else just because you know you might be in a different position financially because you know at the end of the day like you're still academically doing phenomenal regardless of like your bristol board presentations even though it's not powerpoint even though you don't have like the three layered um cardboard you know what they're called i remember seeing them in movies and whatnot and thinking like wow i wonder where you get those and i don't know like just i think i would just say like you know what you're working with you're doing so well with you know and you know i didn't really like go on vacations or anything but i still spent quality time with my parents i learned so much from my mom i learned so much from my dad um just the things that i did do those were such enriching experiences and so i would just um again like in the same nature as you both say like you know you don't need to compare yourself to others because what you're surrounded with is so fulfilling and so you don't need to feel like you're falling short in any aspect you're excelling with what you have and like you're doing and that's like more than enough I think I would just say that to my younger self wow look at all of us I know so cute healing healing our inner healing 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 our inner child we're in our healing girl eras period no no one bother it (laughs) (laughs) maybe we'll talk about that in an episode healing your inner child and your adulthood yeah I think if you guys I mean most of you guys are our friends and whatnot so if anybody has an episode (laughs) suggestion or whatever we're gonna try to be more active on our socials as well you can follow us on instagram at women girls sisters um but yeah we hope you enjoyed today's episode and we hope that you know you laughed with us so many of you guys reached out and said such wonderful positive things uh with regard to our previous episodes so we hope that you enjoyed this one just as much maybe a little bit more and um yeah just we hope that you continue on this journey with us and we hope that you listen to the next episode and that's it for me ladies anything else to say heal your inner child yeah everybody let's all heal together you're in a healing era (laughs) if you don't want to heal stay away yeah stay away please stay away all righty people bye y'all